Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the National Fire Radio podcast. As 2023 gets going, we're making some changes. And so real quick, before we launch into the daily episode, I just want to hit on a couple things. If you like what you're hearing, we appreciate the support. Please give us a five-star rating on the audio players. It helps promote the podcast and get its popularity up. And I certainly appreciate all the effort that our community brings to the table in supporting us in the mission of National Fire Radio Give us that five-star review, subscribe, like the page, send us your comments. And this is the fun part about what we're doing this year. We created a new email address for you all to send us your thoughts, ideas, and comments or questions or concerns or hate or love or anything else in between. You can email us at podcast at nationalfireradio.com. What that email address will do is it will come as a direct line of source for information regarding the podcast. And so if you have anything that you want to hit us up about the podcast, sponsorship opportunities, ad reads to questions, thoughts, and ideas, we're going to be rolling out a question and answer episode once a week. And it's going to be directly from the emails that are sent in to podcast at nationalfireradio.com. So take advantage of that. Send us your thoughts and ideas and questions, and we'd love to answer them on the air. And lastly, I just got to mention our website, nationalfireradio.com, is where you can get any of the swag that we're putting out. All of the merchandise that we sell goes right back to supporting the podcast and the National Fire Radio brand. We are super excited for 2023. We have a lot coming out, and I can't wait to share it with you all. Stay tuned. Thanks for tuning in. Now, the podcast. Our first sponsor of the podcast, Taylor's Tins. Taylor and her crew have been manufacturing helmet fronts, aluminum helmet fronts, since 2017. Over 200,000-plus shields have been manufactured by Taylor and his crew. Custom helmet fronts shipped within 24 to 48 hours. Whether it's one piece to a 500-piece department order, they'll get them out under two days. They're doing incredible work, 100% customizable product. Their product is top shelf. Not only are they doing aluminum helmet fronts, they're doing gas cards, playing cards, keychains, medical cards, and charts, pump charts, street signs, custom signs, banquet awards, you name it, they're doing it. Go to taylorstins.com, and if you do order, use this promo code, NFR sent me, all one word, NFR sent me, and you'll get 15% off at checkout. That's because we have a strong relationship and friendship with Taylor from Taylor's Tins. They've been a longtime supporter of the National Fire Radio platform, and I appreciate their support and friendship. Without further ado, the daily episode. Hey, everybody. Jeremy, National Fire Radio, back on the podcast today. Today's going to be a quick one. We're going to be in and out on this real quick. Good friend of mine, a guy that's been on the podcast before. He runs, I think, one of the best social media pages, especially on Instagram. Mickey Farrell, Top Floor Tactics. Mickey, what's up, brother? going on, Jeremy? Thanks for having me on. I love having you on, man. You and I talk off the air probably once, twice a week. I mean, we communicate quite often. We've become good friends, and uh, I value you and your experience. And and with that comes what I think is one of the best Instagram pages for tactical experience and knowledge um, 
that's out there on social media. I think what you bring forth is a true training page. Uh, it's geared more towards your job, which is uh, the largest city in the country, and and you know you're you're now a boss in the city there. But you know it it also allows you then to tailor and craft your content towards your job because you have so many guys on the job with you that you can educate your own through your platform. Yeah, and I've been uh, I've been thankful that it's been accepted and that's a huge part of me continuing doing what yeah. I'm doing and that's being accepted throughout the job for some of the guys and uh, I get the the messages uh, the, you know the DMs often about talking about different tactics or different hot topics within the job so that's been a real nice nice perk of doing it you know yeah for sure and then what I, what I like about this too was I'm going to take a little bit of credit here before we roll into the topic we're going to we're going to dive into I'm going to take a little bit of credit here and pushing you to get your message out there because I I just from day one, I saw how smart and how dialed in you were on on just firefighting, and and uh, and I, I just I love your take on a lot of today's issues, and mostly you deal you deal with a lot of tactical stuff, but there are times you get into the whole culture side too, and you talk about you know the the positive side of the job in which we need to do a better job of of carrying ourselves in in a light that shines best on the job, and that's what I love, and so you know for me. That's why I love talking to you because you fire me up when I talk to you. And now you've been able to take your message out from the city you work and off of Instagram and into firehouses and conferences across the country. And I think that's exciting for you, too. Yeah, no. And I thank you, as always, Jeremy, for, uh, for, for making that push for me to gain the confidence to get out there and doing that. And you're doing a great thing for the fire service as well. Uh, you are like the voice of the people, more or less, in getting the message out. So we all thank you for that. You're dumb. All right, let's go. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> Listen, let, what are we, so today we're talking about something that you've been talking about on social media now, on Instagram, for at least a year. I think you were one of the first guys out there that was consistently putting out information and content on lithium-ion battery fires. And so you, I know you have a new class that's coming out. You're, you're rolling it out, and, and it's a lot of the information you've been able to compile from firsthand experience within your job and also fires that you've been to, but also doing a lot of research and homework and speaking with people across the country in regards to lithium-ion battery fires. And so you, you have a class that's coming out called Lithium-Ion Battery Fires, Understanding a Modern Fire in a Tactical Sense. What does all of that mean? So there is a lot of information, but the information that's out there is being developed daily. And uh, being in the, the area I work, I do have the ability to go to these fires often. And not just myself, but the guys I do work with, this is something we're seeing almost daily, if not daily, multiple times a day. And uh, we come back and we kind of hot wash the fires, talk about them. Um, and talking not so much on the scientific side of it, which is a lot of ton of information from the UL and the NFPA doing the right thing, uh, getting those studies out there. But we're talking about how these fires are truly, truly changing the game as far as our tactical procedures at, at fires. Um, as simple as understanding the backup line, right? We always stretch that second line. And at times, yes, that line is put to work to, to help extinguish the initial fire. But when we are backing up that first line, we have to think about maybe pausing, keeping that line at bay, right? So, because as we put these fires out, the fires tend to a, a reignite or explode behind the engine company advancing. So it's understanding that we have to just pause within that moment and, and, and wait for that move to go either the floor above or not. I mean, how many times do we put that line to the floor above at a fire? And there's really not much extension, right? We're up there looking for extension and hoping for extension as far as the engine company, but 
it's more probably to be in a position of backing up that line in a different aspect of just not losing the fire in itself, but fire is now reigniting or or exploding behind the advancing entry company. That's a really good point, right? Because if you think about it, right, what do we do? We make entry, we push the line through, and we go room to room. And now, and, and we're talking extinguishing ordinary combustibles. Now, it's a whole other animal, right? When you watch these videos of lithium-ion batteries taking off, man, those things sail quick. They off-gas and poof, off they go. And it literally looks like a, I don't know, like a, a, a smoke grenade to like a, 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 a thousand flares going off, like the energy that comes out of these things when they ignite are incredible. And and it does, and as we're learning, right, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm no authority on this topic whatsoever, but it takes a tremendous amount of water to quench, cool, and extinguish these types of fires, even when it's a smaller battery, say, from a hoverboard or an e-bike, right? So as we, as we make our push... We don't really know what the contents are at that time. And if we darken that fire down and continue to push that line through to the next room, down the hallway, et cetera, there is that really good potential that if it is an e-bike fire at the entrance of an apartment or a single family dwelling or whatever, chances are that's going to relight as you make your push by. Yeah, we always talk about keeping your head in a swivel on the fire run. A lot of it's sizing up, you know, that initial push, the head on the swivel, more of a truck game. But now in the engine, if you're that doorman, control guy, wherever you are on that line, your head must be on the swivel for identifying these fires lighting up behind the actual nozzle man the officers are pushing in, right? So if you're farther back on that line or if you're that second engine company backing up the first engine pushing in, have your head on the swivel. Look for these for these e-bikes or these hoverboards. Most times they're right behind the apartment door. And that's something that we can get into and talk about the floor above, right? Yeah. So we've all seen the fire on 52nd Street, guys hanging out multiple ropes. That comes from an e-bike behind the door block the exit the one in the lower east side same thing um they were charging these batteries it was a business and we'll talk about that in a second but it was a business that they were charging batteries by the front door they exploded the kids came down the gas pipe on the side of the building uh, i think the father was killed instantly and the mother might have been home and, and i'm not sure if she made it or not but what i'm getting at is that tactics are changing right so it's not such a big city idea anymore for maybe putting a rope into operation from the floor above to rescue occupants, not only um, civilians, but firefighters as well that could get caught on the other side of this fire, right? So Yeah, um, and by no means am I an urban fireman. And so, but for me, we're starting to see it in the suburbs now too. And I think as the popularity of these items take off within the, you know, consumers buying them, you have to look at what kids, I mean, I look at after Christmas here in my community, the amount of e-bikes now that kids are tooling around on through, you know, uh, shopping center parking lots and through the neighborhood and across the cul-de-sacs, right? Like they are becoming super prevalent in today's society. And so it's only a matter of time before uh, it might not be on, on the, uh, the everyday like it is in a major metropolitan city, but suburban and rural communities are going to start seeing more of these fires too. And it, it, just another point, Mick, before you keep going, I think it's also important to say too is when you, when you start talking vertical, right, there's only one way in and one way out of that apartment. And typically where is everything being charged, right? It's being charged at the entry point because you're not going to drag your bicycle through an apartment, right? Or your hoverboard through an apartment to charge in a back bedroom or something. They're going to be blocking off means of egress. So me not even being an urban fireman, absolutely and fully understand that any type of auxiliary type rescue out the windows, rope rescue, external, you know, aerial ladder, ground ladders, that's going to be much more prevalent as people's paths of egress are getting cut off by these fires. 
Absolutely. And, you know, that comes down to positioning, getting that stick up to the window, getting a, a portable ground ladder, if that's what it takes, but making sure that we have that second means of egress opposite the fire, right? And that's going to be so important moving forward with these fires. Uh, to touch back on what you were saying with the kids and the scooters right after Christmas. Yeah. Um, the UL does a great job, right? And so what's happening is like it's a you, you can't paint these fires with a broad brush because uh, a lot of the batteries are just shoddy batteries. There are reconstructed batteries. They actually file down the casing in it to gain more energy out of it. Um, there's a whole science behind it. So the, on the street level, that's what's happening. But even the ones that are good from the UL, the kids with the scooters, with the salt from the roads, um, the snow begins to melt. They're riding scooters all, all winter long and into the spring. That's when you see the failure of the batteries that are approved to the UL. Even though they're still good batteries, they can be affected by the weather conditions. And that's how the fires we're seeing more in suburban areas rather than the urban areas. The urban areas are more the e-bikes for the restaurant deliveries. That's what's starting not all, but I would say a majority of the fires. And it comes from something that we're seeing now. It's called ghost kitchens. Ghost kitchens, they popped up uh, during COVID. As we closed the restaurants, we still had to keep people in business, right? So these businesses closed their storefront, but they kept the kitchen open. But as the rent went up, they couldn't stay in those kitchens. So they closed the, the building completely. Just take the kitchen and they'll find a basement in some building somewhere in the city and keep that kitchen open solely and only to be delivered because there was no dining. So that's what we're seeing that the delivery men now have a business in the sense where they're contracted in, if you put it that way, contracted to certain ghost kitchens throughout the city and they drop off the batteries. They'll pick up the batteries at the end of the day, bring them home, they'll charge them in their personal apartments, not a commercial area, into their apartments, charge them overnight, and in the morning they, they deliver the batteries. So a routine, ordinary van fire, per se, you could have 300 pounds of lithium batteries in the back of it. Yeah, so Those are routine fires that we're seeing. It's all stemming from just the way things are changing and how our tactical, and I don't like to use the word tactical, but it really is a tactical shift in the job of how we're going to approach these fires from the future. Yeah, it makes for a really interesting conversation because I think, you know, everybody's familiar with them, meaning they, they know where they're located, right? E-bikes, uh, scooters, hoverboards, equipment and tools, even your DeWalt drill or your Milwaukee tool or your even, uh, you know, you and I were chatting off air talking about uh, like the, the Ram fan that recently just made its round on social media, right? And that, that battery catching fire while it was charging on the apparatus, like, the potential is there, and I think as we go towards that way, right, we're getting away from internal combustion. I mean, if you think about how many rotary saws are finding their way to the fire ground now that are not internal combustion but battery-powered, it's just the way we're headed as a society. So it's only a matter of time before these battery-type, lithium-ion battery-type fires start impacting all communities, not just the inner city. Yeah, and with the tools coming onto the job, from the hearse tool to the fans and whatnot, it's, um, again, they're all good batteries approved from the UL um, with a warranty. And it's, it's, it's not something that's going to be a common problem. But I would like to think that, well, not like to think, but I can see as the future moves on, banging these hearse tools around, you know. Yeah, for sure. Banging the fans around. Absolutely. Eventually, they're going to fail. 
just because of the wear and tear on it. Not necessarily that they're a bad product, but just banging anything around like anything else, they're just going to begin to fail and deteriorate from within. Oh, I agree. And and, and, and the, the intent of this conversation is not to say that every single lithium-ion battery will catch fire at some point, right? What we're saying, though, is making it aware that this is becoming much more of a prevalent probability that will happen. You will see a fire at some point started from some type of lithium ion battery. It's only a matter of time. And as they become more prevalent in society, it only ups the ability to have those type of fires. And we have to be tactically sound and ready to deal with them. I really liked though the conversation that you were talking about in in the alternative means of egress and being able to in looking at your bread and butter fires and looking at your standard tactics that you have today of getting that first line in place, getting your searches underway, but understanding that if it does involve some type of lithium ion based source for that fire, your tactics need to be looked at a little bit differently because there's going to be some more variables thrown at you than regular ordinary combustibles. Exactly. And it goes from a one room fire. It could be a mattress fire, it could be whatever it could be one, two room fire, which is a routine fire for most of us very quickly turns into now a hazmat incident and the game changes. So something that from afar, you can watch on the news daily. You see another lithium ion battery fire in New York city, right? It's going to be coming to the bedroom communities throughout the country. It's just a matter of time. So the question is, are you ready to handle that as far as shifting your tactical maneuvers into positioning guys in the right places in the right time and having that head on the swivel to identify these problems? Super important to educate yourself. Like anything in the fire service, we got to educate ourselves. This is certainly something that needs attention from the smallest rural department to the biggest urban department. Everybody needs to be made aware of these types of fires and how we suppress them and how we deal with them. Good points, Mick. I appreciate it, man. Anything else you want to close with, man? This is going to be a quick hit and we're out. Lithium ion battery yeah. fires. What else you got? That's it, man. I appreciate the, uh, yeah, of course, man. I, I want to do more of these with you because I think it just brings out a good message and it gets the conversation flowing because that's truly what we want to do with this podcast is truly bring back that conversation and talk about it because it makes the job better when we're talking about the job. Mick, where can people find you? They want to reach out, continue the conversation. I know you've been putting out a ton of stuff on lithium-ion battery fires on your social media, but where can people reach out if they're interested in, uh, in talking with you further? Yeah, you could just... Uh on Instagram, as far as if you Perfect. want to communicate in the future on this, just uh, at Top 4 Tactics. Uh, if you want to bring the class to you, you can just uh, email me at top4tactics.gmail.com uh, or top4tactics.com. Awesome, man. Well, listen, thank you for uh, continually putting out fantastic content and educating and bettering our fire service, man. You're doing a fantastic job. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. And everybody, thanks for tuning in because as I just said before, as we talk about the job, we're making the job better. Go do that. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you at the next one. Jeremy, National Fire Radio. National Fire Radio.